Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Today, and I tell you what, we're training up leaders for the next generation, and so, man, I'm telling you what, we got a good-looking group of young men and women. Amen? Come on, give them a th- big thank you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, you know, uh, last week was Easter, and uh, I trust that you had a wonderful time uh, just celebrating with family and friends, and uh, man, we had a great service here, a great turnout. Many people uh, gave uh, their life to the Lord, recommitted their life. In fact, I think we had about 14 individuals, and so man, it was an amazing, an amazing day. And so uh, just in the event that you're here for the first time and you don't know who I am, I'm Pastor Tony, and I have the opportunity to pastor this church with my lovely wife, Kelly. And again, to all those that are listening online, we just want to welcome our online audience. We're so grateful that they're tuning in and listening. So praise the Lord. But as I said, uh, it is uh, the week after Easter, and we're kind of really just experiencing the wake after Easter and just all the joy and the excitement. And if you recall last week, one of the things that we said concerning Easter as a whole, that Easter was really all about making everything perfect. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice, right? He was the one that paid the price for our sin, and therefore, he answered the sin problem. Therefore, there's no more question or no more issue of sin in our life or people's lives for that matter. It's really a matter of what have you done or what decision have you made concerning the one that gave the perfect sacrifice for your sin and mine. Then also with that being said, we said that what Jesus did being the perfect sacrifice, he made us perfect before God. In spite of how you feel, in spite of what you see around you, God says that he's made you perfect before him. And I'm telling you, there's just some things that God's doing in the hearts of individuals. There's some things that God's doing in my heart as we move into this next season. Just coming to know that perfection of who we are in Christ you know, my wife, she was sharing with me last night, she's been reading a book, and uh, uh, many of the ladies are as well, so if, if you've been reading the book, you might want to close your ears, because this is just a, maybe a spoiler for you ladies, and so I apologize. But she was sharing with me uh, concerning this particular woman, this particular woman at the age of 25 uh, went to heaven and actually had an experience with Jesus and just having the opportunity to really see heaven and hell and really just caused her to have a passion to reach the lost and those that don't know Jesus. But one of the things that she she shared is that in heaven, there is a special place for babies. You realize not every baby makes it the duration of their life. Sometimes babies lose their life in the womb, and they go home. And so this particular part of this book, she was saying that she noticed that there are these angels that were holding things so gently and tenderly, but were rushing to take them to a specific place. And she asked her guide, she goes, what's going on? And she said, or the guide said to her, he said, those are the babies that have just come from earth. And he says, the angels handle them so tenderly And so delicately because so many of them are not even all put together yet. And so they're taking them to the place so that they can be restored. And then this is what the guide said. 
said not even angels can do anything to help those little babies. It's only the Redeemer that can put them back together. It's only the Redeemer, Jesus, that can make them perfect. And that just hit me because so many people's lives are broken. And so many people's lives feel like, God, I'm just a mess. But it's only the Redeemer that can put your broken pieces back together again. And in that, she likened it unto the new birth experience that when we receive Jesus, that that's when God puts all the broken pieces back together again and makes us perfect before him. And so, as we continue to look at this week, I want you to really begin to understand some things that there is more that's taken place in your life through Jesus because of the Easter experience. In fact, for that matter, if you remember what Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, this is one of my favorite scriptures. And if you've been here any length of time, you've heard it several times before. But in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says this. He says, the thief or the devil comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. So in other words, he says there's only one thing that the devil comes to do. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He says, but I've come. The reason that I've come is that you might have life and life more abundantly. And that life more abundantly is actually defined as quality and quantity. So in other words, Jesus said, I've come that you would experience the perfect and that you would have quantity and quality of life. Amen? Now, with that being said, knowing that concerning our lives, there is two elements or two kingdoms, if you will, that are working to influence our lives. There's the kingdom of darkness that's coming to steal, kill, and destroy, and the kingdom of light that is coming to give us life and life more abundantly. But if we were to take a measurement, if you will, if we were to Listen to the words that you consistently talk and say and express. What would your words line up with? If we were able to take those words in which you speak and put them in containers and therefore weigh those containers against one another, the words that line up with the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy... Or are words that would agree with and hook up with a life that is full of quality and quantity. If we were to put those containers of our words on the scale, how would they weigh out? You know, just living life and doing life with people. One of the things that I've noticed is that it seems to be very easy for us to hook up with and to agree with and to acknowledge all the junk that's going on in life. Come on, does anybody identify with that? I mean, for, for some of us, I mean, if we were to put your words on the scale, I mean, it would, it would probably shoot up one side or the other. You know what I mean? Just because it would be so overwhelmingly unbalanced. But once again, I think just because we have this opportunity to live life, it's really easy for us to begin to hook up with, identify with all the things that seem to come to steal, kill, and destroy in our lives. But you see, life won't always be perfect. 
I said life won't always be perfect, but the perfect has come so that we can begin to experience the quality and the quantity of life that Jesus came to give. And so we're going to start a new series this week called Living Your Best Life Now. We're going to purpose right now Today, starting today, that this marks a moment in time that we begin to live our best life now. Can I say here an amen? amen? Now listen, we sang a song that says, I prophesy, right? That word prophesy simply means to proclaim, to declare something. And so, I'm going to have you help me during this message I'm going to have you help me repeat something. I said that this is the season, this is the time, and today's the day that we begin to live our best life now. Now, you might say, I don't know if I can. But no, we can and we will. Now, you say it with me. Say, I can and I will. Come on, I want you to prophesy that one more time. Say, I can and I will. Come on, we're going to live our best life now, and it begins today. Amen? Praise God. Now, obviously, you know, we just go through life, and we kind of get in ruts, if you will, just with how we experience things and how we view things. And, you know, you always come in contact with those individuals. It seems like they're always those people that make things look easy. We, we, we always come in contact with those people that it just seems like they have an air about them that they're just light and easy. There's those people that always, are always upbeat. They're happy. They're smiling. They got a spring in their step. And there's always those ones that just seem to be fearless in the face of any opposition and obstacle. It just seems like they take it in stride. And it don't seem like they get moved by it. Don't you just... Really love those kind of people? (laughs) I say that sarcastically, you know? But there's something about those kind of people. Now, depending on what kind of person you are, the fact of the matter is is that we tend to gravitate towards people like ourselves. You know the old saying, birds of a feather flock together. And misery likes company. So if you tend to be a negative person, then it's very, uh, very well could be that the people you surround yourself with are negative people, right? But it also is interesting that when we get around those upbeat people, those people that always have a smile, always full of joy, it's fun to be around them, isn't it? Because it makes us feel better. Something about them rubs off on us and it's like, yeah, I guess it, I guess it could be better. But listen, Regardless of whether or not that's you right now, that is you. You are the upbeat person. You are the person full of joy. You are the person that has the ability to see everything positively. Amen? Now, you might say, no, 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 that's not me. No, come on. What are we prophesying? I can and I will. Praise God. Because I'm going to live my best life now. Beginning today, we're living our best life now. Now, once again, you might say, you know, that's not necessarily my disposition right now pastor I realize that I realize you might be that individual that you're saying you know what I got a short fuse I'm frustrated and I'm irritable and I'm grumpy I'm that kind of person that just has a chip on my shoulder and just kind of daring somebody to knock that chip off my shoulder come on don't wave your hand at me but I know there's some of those people in here right now right 
And you tend to gravitate towards that demeanor or that attitude. But I'm here to tell you, there are reasons why people tend to be that way. Number one, it's a defense mechanism. There are things that maybe have happened in your past that have caused you to get hurt. And so, therefore, you know what? I'm going to keep people at a distance because if I don't get too close, I can't get hurt. Or concerning situations in your life, I'm not going to really have any kind of expectation. And if I don't have much expectation, then I can't be disappointed. If I don't get my hopes built up, then I won't be let down. So, therefore, the demeanor that oftentimes we find ourselves carrying, this cloud about us, this heaviness, is really a defense mechanism to try to keep ourselves safe and to keep ourselves protected, right? And then on the other side, there are things that happen in our life that just kind of ha- tend to weigh on us and begin to create a demeanor or to start creating a habit. And so, through time, it just kind of becomes our nature. We begin to train ourselves to kind of look at the cup half empty. We begin to look at things on a negative slant. And we just begin to be kind of ho-hum and bah-humbug as a result of allowing our demeanor to stay in that place. And so, therefore, as a result, what it ends up being is it becomes more difficult to change the demeanor or the habit because it actually takes work. And therefore, you know what, I'll just stay here in my corner and not be messed with and just nobody mess with me. I won't mess with nobody, right? Come on, how many of you know that it's a whole lot easier from the standpoint of smiling versus frowning? It takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. But if you were to look at most people, most people have trained their muscles to the point. You know what I'm talking about? You could go around looking. I mean, I don't know if you're like I am. I'm a people watcher, and so like when I go to the mall, I watch people. And it's interesting just the countenance that people carry. You know what I mean? And there are a lot of negative people out there. But that's not us, right? That's not us because we can and we will. We're going to live our best life now. Why? Because of what Jesus came to do. Now, I want to bring your attention to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 22, it says this. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such there is no law. So notice the Bible says that there is fruit. And there's fruit of the Spirit or the Spirit of God. And nowhere in there is grumpiness, complaining, negative, bite your head off. (laughs) No, (laughs) it's not in there. It's love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, self-control. This is just the way that I am. No, it's just the way you choose to be. You've got self-control to act differently. Amen. Amen. But now notice this. If you recall, if you've been with us for the last couple of weeks, uh, we said this, that uh, God said that there was one that was coming, speaking of Jesus, and this is how he spoke or articulated it. He said, there is a seed that is coming. He is the answer that is going to bring about life and life more abundantly. Well, if you plant an apple seed, what is the ultimate byproduct of planting an apple seed? 
You get apples, you get fruit, right? And so if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, if he's came into you, if, if you've been planted, if you will, into the body of Christ and he's in you, then the fruit is in there. I said the fruit is in there. So you might say, I can't be happy. You can. I can't have peace. No, you can have peace. I don't want to smile. You can't smile because there is fruit on the inside of you. It's in there. Now, you may have never sampled the fruit, so therefore you don't know how good it is, right? And just for that matter, you might be such a sourpuss that, you know, when it comes to sampling some of the good fruit, you're like, ah, <laughs> Well, sometimes you just got to sample something to experience how good it is. I'm still trying to convince my kids that Brussels sprouts are good. <laughs> you know? But how many of you also know that there are things in your life? How many of you have had things as children, but you didn't like them as a kid? But now that you're an adult, you're like, man, I really like that. Sure, our taste changes. We modify, we grow, we mature into it. And that which we didn't like the taste of, now we like the taste of it. Why? Because we've experienced the fruit. Amen? And you've got it all on the inside of you, but it's just a matter of training yourself. Training yourself to experience the life that Jesus came to give. I can experience a life that is full of quality and quantity, and I can begin to live that life now. Why? Because I've got things on the inside of me, because I'm a child of God, because Jesus lives in me, that now I have the opportunity. There is a byproduct in my life that I can experience joy. Amen? Your best life is closer than you think it is. Come on, say it with me. I can and I, boy, that, that was kind of weak, man. Come on. Say it like you mean it. Say, I can and I will. Praise God. Now, you're going to look to your neighbor and say, I heard you say that. <laughs> Amen. See, here's the thing. Those things that are on the inside of us are available to every single one of you, me, we have it at our disposal. But here's what the Bible says. The Bible says there are spiritual principles at play that begin to affect these things in our life. There are spiritual principles that will either allow us to eat the fruit of what Jesus came to give or live the fruit that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And here's one of the things that the Lord says. He says, as a man thinks, so is he. It is a spiritual law that how you think is what will become your reality. If you think that your wife or your husband is nothing but a nag, then you will continually see them being a nag. You'll say, boy, you look nice today. Oh, really? What's wrong with it? <laughs> I just said it looked good. Yeah, but you had that tone in your voice. What's the, what's the matter with it? Does it make my butt look big? Oh, no, not going there, sister. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Do you hear what I'm saying? As a man thinks, so is he. There's another principle that says this. It says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
So that means that whatever you're beginning to feed on, fuel yourself with, that's what's going to come out. That's what's going to be spoken. And the Bible says this, again, another spiritual principle that says, whatever a man says, that shall he also have. So if you keep on saying, husband, you're nothing but a deadbeat, that's what he's going to become because he's like, well, I can't win for losing, so I might as well be a deadbeat, right? You tell your kids, you know, you're stupid. You'll never make the honor roll. Well, you know what? If that's what you expect of me, why even try? If you look at yourself and you just say, you know what? You'll never amount to nothing. You'll stop trying. The Bible says that there are spiritual principles that are at work and at play within our lives. But you understand that this whole context of being negative, of, of looking at life from a half-empty side is really a trained behavior, right? I mean, when you look at a little baby, I mean, we've got several little babies at church now. In fact, Maggie, her little baby, well, it's not Tim's baby, it's his Maggie's baby. <laughs> Tim and Maggie's baby. You know, if you look at her just funny, she starts smiling. I mean, all you got to do is just say hi. She just starts beaming from ear to ear. You see, that's what's in the heart of a newborn child. That's what's in a newborn child of God. But we've allowed life to beat us up so that we begin to train ourselves to look at things negatively. And that's never the way that God made us be. Amen? You know, I'll tell you this. You know, I've said before that I'm my worst critic. I can pick out my faults, beat myself up one side, down the other. And this was just, I think, last week. I was talking to my son, and we were talking about just, I don't know exactly what, but I asked him, I said, you know, who do you want to be like when you grow up? And kind of sheepishly, he kind of turns and he goes, and he points at me. And it just blessed me because my son looked at me and said, Dad, I want to be like you. And it blessed me because I thought, you know, how many years is it going to take where he's going to say, Dad, you don't know nothing. <laughs> right? But in the innocence of a child, he doesn't look at all my imperfections. He doesn't look at the mess. He doesn't look at the stuff. He doesn't look at the disappointments that I have maybe have given him in his life. He just looks at me and says, Dad, I love you and I want to be like you. Right? It's because he's innocent. Now, the fact of the matter is, is that we all face challenges. We all go through, through things. We all face difficult times. But here's the thing. Every time we go through a difficult time, go through a hardship, the perfect shows up. I said every single time that we go through a hardship, and you will. You're going to face challenges. You're going to have difficult things and experiences of, of life. But through every hardship of life, the perfection shows up that even in the midst of the hardship, you can live your best life now. Why? Because of what Jesus came to do. In the midst of a difficult thing, you can experience the quantity and the quality of life. Notice what the Bible says here in Isaiah. Isaiah 26, verse 3, speaking of God to his children, he says this. He says, you will keep him in 
perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Did you notice that word perfect? And did you notice the word peace? Peace is a fruit of the Spirit. And it's a byproduct of what Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, came to give. He said when our minds are stayed on him, the one that brings about solutions and answers, that brings all the broken pieces back together. When our minds are stayed on him and we trust in him, that's when the perfect shows up. Doesn't mean that you're not going to face challenges. But in the midst, perfect peace shows up. Notice what it says in 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4 verse 18, just in the very first part of the verse here, it says, There is no fear in love. Do you remember we saw that love was a byproduct or the fruit of the Spirit? It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear. So once again, in the midst of any circumstance, the perfect will show up. And perfect love casts out fear. It goes on to say that fear is tormenting. Come on, why is it that we have become negative, skeptical, ornery people? It's because we've stayed in the rut and have allowed the stuff of life to torment us. But the Bible says that when we begin to experience what Jesus came to give, the quantity and the quality of life, and we can begin to live our best life now because in the midst of it, love casts out fear. Amen? Come on, I'm going to tell you something if you would really begin to understand how much Jesus or how much God loves you, that would answer all the problems whatsoever. God, I got a financial problem right now, but God, I know how much you love me, so I know you'll work it out. God, I got some things going on in my physical body right now, but man, I know that you love me. The doctor says you got cancer. Well, I know that cancer is the fact, but the higher truth is, is that God loves me. And therefore, if I really understand how much God loves me, the thought of cancer will not torment me, will not cause me to fear because I know how much God loves me. Amen? Why? Because God came to give us life and life more abundantly. You know, I was talking with some different individuals here in this past couple weeks. If you recall, just a couple weeks ago, we prayed for individuals that needed health in their body. One woman came and said, uh, I think the following week, she said, I'd had severe stomach pains in my abdomen. The doctors really couldn't figure it out. Thought it was Crohn's, I believe she said. She said, but when you guys prayed for me on that Sunday, she said, all the pain left my body. She said, I never experienced something like that before. It's like, praise the Lord. Why? Because we're experiencing the quality and the quantity that Jesus came to give. I'm living my best life now. Amen. There is a family that brought their little baby here this past, uh, that, that Sunday when we prayed for them. Or, or when we were praying for individuals that needed healing in their body. This little baby was scheduled to have five surgeries. Man, just a cute little guy. I don't know if you saw him. He was right over here and we prayed for him. He went into surgery, I think, was it Monday or just a few days ago of this week. They got in there. In fact, before they were getting ready to do the surgery, one of the surgeons says, you know what? We really need to do this surgery for the health 
of the baby. Another specialist came in and said, it's too dangerous. It's too risky to do what you want to do, and I don't recommend it. Another one says, you know, it's too risky not to do it. We need to do it. So they scheduled the surgeries this week. As he was supposed to go in, five surgeries were supposed to be performed. As they got in there, they said, this is fine. This is fine. This is fine. The only thing that he had to do was get some tubes put in his ear. Woohoo! Come on! Praise God! Why? Because the perfect showed up. Living our best life now. Come on. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And I'm telling you what, that's the life that he wants you to experience. Come on, say it with me. Say, I can and I will. Now, it's your choice. You can leave this place and say, God, I'm going to wait for you to do something. Well, if all you're going to do is sit back and wait for God to do something, then you've already lost. Because you've got to make some choices to live that best life. I, I know that I've shared with you that I teach at a Bible college down in Sterling Heights. And I was sharing some of these things in class last week. And she's a real big skeptic. And so I was talking about some amazing things that God has been doing. And all the while she was sitting there in class, she was sitting there puckered up face, shaking her head no. And I'm like, you st stiff-necked lady. I'm like, no wonder you have all the problems you're having because you want to hold on to your religious whatever. God ain't doing that. God don't do that stuff now. Whatever. He does it for those that will receive the life that he came to give. Right. Amen. Does that mean that we don't go through hardships? No, we do. But I choose to live the best life now because that's what he came to give. Amen? Amen. So as we begin to move forward and as we wrap this up this morning, the Bible makes some declarations concerning us. The Bible says that concerning us as God's kids, that we're above and not beneath. We're the head, we're not the tail. So what does that mean? Whatever circumstance, we're above. Now there might be some say, oh, I'm beneath. Well, if you want to stay beneath, that's fine. But as for me and my house, we're above. We're the head, we're not the tail. The Bible says we're blessed going in, blessed going out. Blessed in the field, blessed in the city. Amen. The Bible says that the blessings of the Lord are running to overtake us. It says that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow. So therefore, the blessings of the Lord are available to us to live our best life now. Amen. So your best life is a blessed life. Amen. And we might as well just choose right now that this is the day that we walk in the blessings of God. Say it one more time. Say, I can. And I will. All right. As we close, I'm going to give you a challenge. This is going to coincide with some things that we do this time of year, and we're going to actually roll it out next week. But if you recall, every year between Mother's Day and Father's Day, we do these little bo bottles and put all of our little pocket change in there for the sake of raising monies for the Crisis Pregnancy Center in downtown Flint. We partner with them. But in addition to that, I encourage you, moms, dads, maybe you kids want to get into it. I want you to make a decision today that I'm going to choose to be positive and not negative. And therefore, every time you say something negative, every time that you complain, every time that you nag, 
put something in the coin. And therefore, allow your kids, allow your spouse to hold you accountable. Hey, put it in the jar. Come on. Now, it's probably going to be like pulling teeth the first couple days. But after you fill this up a couple times, you're like, dear God, I better just get my act together. (laughs) I'm serious. I want us to do this because you realize half our problem is our mouth. The other half is our thinking. And if we'll start today to say, you know what? I'm choosing not to be negative, not to be naggy, not to be critical. I'm choosing to stay positive. Now, for instance, you could say, you know what? Man, my coffee's cold. I got a cold cup of coffee. That's complaining. You say, well, that's just the truth. It's cold. Well, then choose to say something positive. You know what? My coffee, I'm going to go warm my coffee up. See, it's going to train you or cause you to think to respond differently to circumstances. I believe that this can be the best year of our donations, <laughs> amen? <laughs> I can get them. Are you with me? Are you in it? You want to do it? Again, I'm seriously, I'm challenging you. There's the bottles just outside of this door. And I encourage you to grab one, grab two, grab three. And let's begin to live our best life now. Let's make the choice. And the choice begins with you and what you choose to think and what you choose to say. And I believe we can. I know as for me and my house, we can and we will. I put that to practice this morning. There was a couple opportunities that I could have and wanted to. And I'm like, I'm not going to say that. And then there's other times I just just flat out blew it. (laughs) So, what's it going to do? It's going to begin to start something positive of living our best life. Amen? Let's stand. every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to pray over you this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that as we just simply partake of a fun activity, that you'll actually use it, that it actually will be anointed to create change in our lives. I thank you that, Lord, we stop allowing ourselves to say and think any old thing, but we take ownership of that which we allow ourselves to partake of and therefore we by choice and decide to live our best life now and therefore we do prophesy and we say I will and I can and I can and I will because the fruits on the inside so God we thank you for strength we thank you that we'll stick with it We thank you that, Lord, we're going to make a difference and change the landscape of this community. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Come on, let's just. Subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. 
we know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.